I'm Craig Fisher, and this is Inside Talent, where we take you into the minds behind the scenes and show you some of the coolest tools and best practices of some of the coolest people in the talent industry. On July 18th, 2019, I traveled to Los Angeles to speak at a conference called LAX Tech Recruit. This event included some well-known recruiting industry speakers like Lou Adler and Dean DaCosta, and workforce planning and people analytics leaders from companies like Hulu, Kaiser Permanente, and Verizon Media. I enjoyed the conference, but the fun started when I decided to ask a few peers, including Lou Adler, Dean DaCosta, Alan Fleur, and Amy Miller, the question, do hiring managers exist? My flight left DFW Airport around 6 a.m. and through the magic of traveling backwards in time, arrived at LAX at around 7 a.m. I was tired, but when I hit the campus at Playa Vista, a.k.a. Silicon Beach, and the building of the School of Film and Television for Loyola Marymount University, I was ready to go. Hey, it's Craig Fisher. I am at uh, Campus Playa Vista for LAX Tech Recruit. Uh, this is a one-day conference in LA that was started uh, just in the last couple of years by Stacy Broadwell. I attended last year and spoke at the event and got to hang out with cool people like Dean DaCosta and Lou Adler, and they'll be here today. Uh, I'm just gonna give you a little walking tour. We're just getting set up for registration, so uh, check this out. Playa Vista is the west side home to companies like Google and Fox Sports. We were at the LMU campus. Love the way this place looks. It's just a cool campus area. Uh, there's the hire tool booth. Wave, Nin. Say hi. <laughs> Zip recruiters in the house. Mm -hmm. We got snacks. We got bagels, we got donuts. Oh, I am so tempted. No donuts for me. The conference was interesting. Uh, the varied companies and speakers represented us, along with the industry experts had some great insights to share. And it was a good crowd. You ever hire people who exceed expectations? Every now and then. So when you start thinking about it, I'm going to say the real problem, you guys can answer this question, or I think we made a mistake when we created job boards. I think we created, made a mistake in the mid-applicant tracking systems. We make it too easy for people to apply to jobs. But the fun part came when we all got together towards the end for some cocktails and a fun discussion. Lou Adler has been helping companies do performance-based hiring since 1978 after a career in aerospace and the automotive industry as an engineer and later a controller. Dean DaCosta has been helping companies source candidates for jobs for nearly that long uh, after a career in the military. Alan Fleur has been a talent leader at companies like LexisNexis and Nestle, and now for W.E. O'Neill Construction. Okay, 
So, it's a little cold. All right, so this is Craig Fisher. I've got Alan Fleur. I've got Dean DaCosta. And I've got one of the uh, godfathers of recruiting. Yeah, I'm not sure who he's talking about, but this is Lou Adler. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm the Yoda, but uh, maybe not. I'm not positive about that. <laughs> what I do is kibitz and disrupt. We're just gathered here at LAX Tech Recruit in <laughs> L.A. Uh, and our goal here is to answer one or two funny questions for some future podcast episode that I'll put together. Uh, and my question today is, and anyone can ask a question, but this is my question. Is there really any such thing as a hiring manager? I would say, Lou Adler, this is Lou Adler. yeah, I say absolutely there's a hiring manager. The sad part is, is they make decisions based on superficial data. Uh, they don't align their needs with the recruiters, and they're not very good at assessing candidate competency, motivation, and fit. But they still have the decision to say yes or nay. Okay, so I'm going to give you a counterpoint. I like your answer, and I'm going to say I think most hiring managers aren't good at two things, managing and hiring. Oh, I agree with that. There's no question about that, but that's not the question you asked. I still make a decision with respect to hiring, but I don't think that's not fair because there are certainly some hiring managers that are very, very effective. Right. They, number one, they clarify expectations up front. They clearly align their recruiters' needs with what they're looking for and they conduct a thorough, respectful, and objective assessment. So I'm a hiring manager. I would, actually, manager. I would actually take a counterpoint add-on to your counterpoint. Okay. I would say that most managers are horrible at hiring. Many managers might be good managers, but they're poor leaders. And I think you need good leaders, and that takes a lot more. Because a good manager can simply be operationally and tactical and follow the steps. Right. Where, But a hiring manager, like you said, you could be a hiring manager. And you and I can is. be, because, I mean, I'm signing the offer letters. But if Lou's hiring the guy, then Lou's the hiring manager, but I sign the offer letter. Right. So, okay. I, I would actually agree with what he just said. Why don't you use I, names of people so that okay, people... This is Dean DeCosta. So, I would agree. The term hiring manager is what's used. But I would argue if you actually are a hiring manager, what you really are is a robot. If you're a hiring leader... You're actually well, getting the job done. It's well, not really, because I do think being ex-military, there is a difference. We've learned there's a difference between a manager and a leader. A manager, the way we did in the military, a leader is somebody you want to follow. A manager is somebody you have to follow, and there's a huge difference. As a hiring manager, I have to do whatever I've got to do with them. But as a hiring leader, I want to work with them. I want to, they want to work with me because that's a two-way street, mm -hmm. that relationship. So that's kind of the difference between a manager and a mentor, mm -hmm. right? So a Middle mentor way. asks you questions and a manager solves your problems. When I interview a candidate who is already a manager, yeah. hiring manager as in hired people, during that process, I try to uncover when at point in time in that person's career where they took more pride in their people's work than their own individual contributor capability. Mm -hmm. There is a major tipping point. When I see yep. that and I hear it, I just get these chills. This person is a hiring manager. You can call them a hiring leader Whatever. if you want, but that person understands that taking pride in the team doing better is great, is more satisfying to that person than his or her own individual contributor capabilities. Is that a natural talent or is that something that's learned 
I don't know. That's a good point. My, my question is, oh, oh. most managers, I think, are only managers because they were good at their old job. I think you're 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. because they're good managers. I think so, leaders were mentored by another leader. That's as, a good point, too. Okay, this is Dean DeCosta. There, there a couple of things. Can I, I just say that Dean DeCosta is signing books right now, yeah, his own well. books, while we're doing this podcast. And he's signing them to himself. <laughs> so yes, to yes, me, by, you know. Um, so, and, and I'm bringing it from the military because that's the thing that I, I've learned the most. So, there are certain traits to be a leader that you are born with, and then there's things you can learn that can make you a better leader, a worse leader, or prove you're really not a leader. You just have certain traits. Like, there are people I would follow in the battle, but I wouldn't want them to lead me in the battle. I would just go to battle with them. Right. They would have my back. There, so, there's a fine line there. Managers, you're right. I agree with you. Any, I mean, good Lord Almighty, you do your job good, you're going to get promoted. Eventually, you're going to be a manager. Right. doesn't mean you can lead. Doesn't Whether mean you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, yeah. That doesn't mean people want to follow you. That doesn't mean people want to work for you. It doesn't mean people think you have their best interests right. at heart. And I'm going to give an example. And it, took, and it took me, as a leader, I was, you know, I learned in the military, I could get, but the part that I always struggled with was that balance between taking care of yourself, because it's human nature to want to take care of that, but also take care of your people, mm -hmm. and how do you balance that just right? And it took me time to realize outside the military, in the military it was simple, outside the military that by taking care of my people, I am taking care of myself, because the reality is right. this, if I give them everything they need to succeed and to do better, the things that motivate them, being pay raises and all that, that, they want to do what they need to get that, and that reflects back onto me as well. And it's best when it's not about you. Yes, exactly. Very, mm -hmm. really. You can show them what to do, but they have to be able to do it, and they have to want yep. to. They also, this is Alan Fleur, they also have to see you living it and doing it as an example, just like raising kids. You can tell the kid, don't smoke while you're smoking. You can tell them all you want, him or her all you want, but what where kids get their lessons is by simply watching what their parents and everybody does over it. And that's where in the, I would propose it's similar developing leaders and leaders being good leaders. I think you just hit it right there. I think that's where leaders are developed mm -hmm. when they're kids, when they learn that how to negotiate the, the schoolyard and their parents and their brothers and sisters. I think that's part of it. I don't think it's all of it. I think people can develop with the natural traits that might not have the best parents right. in the world. Agreed. So I think it's yeah. well, and a that, lot of different places. It might not be good parents. That, it, that may be the opposite. Right. It might have been a coach. Absolutely. It might have been a teacher. It might have right. been... Yeah, no. but I think even you look at coaches, they looked at kids who had that natural ability to become leaders, That's and then right. they, so the, the coach went out of his or her way to help the kid uh, grow. That's Irrespective of that, I think yeah. people, everybody, I think the problem that you mentioned, uh, Craig, clearly is people get promoted because of their individual contributor skills, not their management and team development skills. And I think the thing that I've seen, even when interviewing candidates, I see candidates who, who are peers, technical peers, but they go out of their way to help their peers become better at it. They coach, they mentor, they train without any expectation that they're going to get a reward for it. Those are the people who ultimately become the best managers. I so, think it's sometime, sometimes it's to their detriment, too, because they're not developing new skills that, uh, when, when that's happening. So here's the question, though. Let's, let's, let's think about this. Let's right summarize. Now. Yes. Well, I was ready. Ask We're ready for a drink. I just go to the, the bar. Oh, okay. Lou Adler said right now. That was Alan who said that. <laughs> and this is Lou Adler. The best podcast. <laughs> no, I was going to say, my, my question is this. 
the people who are getting promoted into management positions and really aren't ready, whose fault is it? Is it, is it theirs because they know they have to get they they have to they don't have a choice so they take it or is it the companies because they're like well we can't we don't really want to lose them because they're really good at this and this so maybe we better promote them but we can't promote them and keep them as a developer because we don't have developer roles that go that high most don't. of the time it's the company I think. yes yeah. and I agree I think a lot of the time it's the company I know like when I was at Microsoft when I was sourcer recruiter they wanted to promote me and I'm like what would that mean it means you wouldn't be recruiting where you'd be mad they go no. Well, and this is the thing. This is my question about hiring managers because a lot of times in some of those companies where there's low turnover, managers inherit their teams. They don't actually hire them. That's true, too. All right. That's a good summary. Guys, ready? Thank you. Thank you. Wait, we're not going to start hot dogs. (laughs) I asked Google slash YouTube's Amy Miller the same question. Uh, I am here with Amy Miller. And uh, Amy is a senior tech recruiter at Google. She actually recruits engineers for YouTube. Is that right, Amy? Yes, managers specifically, engineering managers, yeah. Engineering managers. So that's got to be a special trick uh, into itself, right? (laughs) Yeah, special is a great word. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. All right, so, uh, and you've done, you've been doing that a year this month. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I made it. You made it. Did you? So, I mean, I imagine that just um, getting into the job in the first place took a lot of time. It it did. Yeah. I think my process went kind of quick versus the usual what you hear about getting hired at Google. But I mean, it was a good few months, a couple of months just from, you know, really deciding to even have a conversation all the way through you know, getting the offer. So yeah, there's some steps. <laughs> totally get that. Yeah. And uh, prior to that, you were with Microsoft. I was. A little over five years. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh-huh. shy of about five and a half years. I was a contractor for, for a hot minute and then went full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was great. And that was a big part of it. And I think it was a good reminder as a recruiter what candidates go through because it was very emotional. I mean, I cried leaving Microsoft, so leaving an amazing job for another amazing job. It was right. a lot of emotion. Well, you're, you're in an enviable position, and I know a lot of us uh, watch what you do and, uh, you know, have fun interacting with you online and uh, getting to share your knowledge, which is great, and we appreciate you. Yeah. So that's cool. Thanks. Thanks for having me. The great. question we're talking about here today is, uh, is there such a thing as a hiring manager? I would say they're probably out running around with the mythical passive candidate. Um, yeah, out in, the, out in a unicorn field somewhere. Uh, no, I, I think, you know, obviously it's, it's an easy title to affix to someone who's in a position of authority when it comes to hiring. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, especially big tech over the last six, seven, eight years, uh, there are teams who come together for the purpose of hiring on occasion. So there are no full-time hiring managers. No one is out there with a magic wand saying, okay, I'm going to hire that person, not hire that person. So it's really a uniform that we put on and then take off. And right. so anytime you're doing something just once in a while or just once a year or just occasionally as needed, how good are you really at it? So I think that's the thing we have to kind of be cautious of is, you know, we're saying, oh, this person's a hiring manager. We're putting all of this effort and, and you know, stuff on them. Are they really equipped? 
Maybe right. that's the question. <laughs> so that's a that's a great question, and I think that's uh, sort of my point. Is yeah. that If you only do it every once in a while, mm-hmm. and it's not really your job, and you've never had any training in it, I think there are some people who are naturally good at it. Sure. Right. Um, and then there, are, just like there are some people that are naturally good managers. Right. Um, but I think by and large, people who are in a management role are just there because they were good at their old job. And that doesn't necessarily mean they have any management skills or right. hiring skills, certainly right. not recruiting skills, but they all think they do. <laughs> yeah. But my title. <laughs> That's right. Well, and so, you know, you're, you're a team leader. You, you hire people there, right? I, I have not, not in my current job, but yeah, I, I've been, yeah. I've been responsible for bringing people in. Yeah. Right. So we're all hiring managers. Oh, right? for sure. For sure. We're all involved on some level, I think. Yeah. Um, but actual IT managers, for instance, yeah. um, they, they, they fully believe that they are the experts at using uh, LinkedIn and Indeed mm-hmm. to find the best people, mm-hmm. no matter how good of a candidate we give mm-hmm. them, maybe our top five, that should get an option to interview and potentially be hired. Sometimes just gets swept away because the yeah. hiring manager has changed his mind on what he or she wants. For sure, for sure. Because that person went to their school or is a friend of a friend. Yeah. There, there is the. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a fancy term for it, but there is kind of the the bias of you know who I know or or the the level of comfort with oh well this person worked at a big company like me or oh this person went to the right school. So I think that's where frankly recruiters come in and and really own the responsibility of uh, kind of catching that up front and just asking the right questions. I think the biggest challenge in, in training hiring managers, if I could put it that way, if I'm going to give someone this level of expertise and there's, Hey, you're a hiring manager. Now we're going to train you. Like we have to coach them and educate them and kind of get them thinking about not just paint me a picture of the perfect person, but tell me what is the problem we're solving here? Mm -hmm. I I get a lot of, you know, kind of funny looks. I think they're getting used to it now that I'm a year in, but I know my first few meetings with, with hiring teams or people in a position to fill a team uh, would look at me kind of funny and be like, what does that have to do with my open position? Well, everything, like I need to know what you're doing on behalf of this team and, and what problem you're solving for Google or Microsoft or whatever company it is. So, so getting them past the profile and getting them into the problem that we're trying to solve and the task that will be done to solve it and the skills needed to accomplish those tasks, that's a completely different perspective than the traditional hiring manager. So I'm going to agree with you. And what you're talking about here is technically an intake meeting. Yeah. And it's a fairly technical intake meeting. And yeah, you're be. probably as good at that uh, as anyone and probably doing it would be one of my guesses. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, well, I mean, you you have success, right? You yeah. you take time to fill because you you get on these people and tell right. them, you know, uh, statistically you're lagging and statistically you take longer and you interview more For people sure. and it costs the For company sure. more money. Yeah. Um, and, and and doing that, I mean, so people who are managers like numbers, right? They mm-hmm. like to be approached sure. with uh, what their own metrics are. Absolutely. Um, and so you can kind of force their hand that way sometimes. Yeah. 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 I had a great example of this, you know, speaking of hiring managers um, at Microsoft, actually, I was had a fairly large 
organization that I did all the recruiting for uh, up and down the ladder and went to a meeting where I was ambushed with this, oh, we need more resumes. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? You're my busiest team. I've got three sorcerers working on this. How can you possibly need more resumes? Right. So I said, hold that thought. <laughs> Let me come back and went back and actually looked at the data and looked at, okay, what are you actually seeing and where are we losing people in the funnel and, and really brought this this picture and it was a literal graph that I ended up showing them and mm-hmm. what we discovered to keep a long story as short as I possibly can <laughs> uh, not easy uh, we found out that we had uh, a pretty high decline rate there were some reasons for it we ended up deciding that was fine but we also discovered pivoting this back to the managers there was one manager in particular who had significant um, kind of built-in bias in mm-hmm. terms of the kind of people he wanted to see. And so where everyone else was trending at about maybe 50, 60, 70% getting through the funnel, he was at 13%. Uh-huh. So we were really able to kind of shine a light and say, hmm, here's some interesting data. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like you to argue with the facts, please. And, uh-huh. and so obviously you know, we ended up making some changes there. And sometimes the change is that person no longer has a certain amount of authority in the hiring process. Right. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. Um, there, I'm working with a, a large uh, organization right now. It's a big, um, we'll call it manufacturing company, and uh, a lot of their managers inherit inherit their teams. For sure. And they don't hire those teams, and they don't know them when they start working with those teams. And this company has sort of effectively taken the manager out of the process of interviewing. And there was a big revolt going on saying, we want to interview our people. Right. <clears throat> You're already leading a team is the counterpoint to this right. that you didn't know in the first place. Okay, well, that can't be helped. But moving forward, I want to know. So mm-hmm. we're, we're proposing sort of a compromise or we'll see if this works. Um, you know, on-demand interviews, video mm-hmm. interviews that they can go check out and make selections from without having to bog down the process because the process right. has already taken too long. Right. But I feel like if you do the intake correctly, mm-hmm. then, you know, you can, you can solve a lot of that, that time issue. And I think a lot of recruiters these days aren't technical enough if you're doing tech recruiting to understand the actual skills needed and the language you have to have to recruit the people to do yeah, that, that's such an interesting topic. And I, I know there's a lot of people in our industry that, frankly, I am so impressed by because I, I don't know how their brains are wired this way. We're like, they're, they're like learning to code or maybe they've been right. engineers in another life or whatever. And so they have this really, really technical mindset and they're able to not just speak the language, but actually write in it, which is crazy right. to me. Uh, for me, I, I tend to take the approach like, look, I'm, I'm the recruiting expert. I don't know anything about writing code. I don't know anything about building a platform in C++ or whatever it is you're doing. But I know how to bring people to the table. But back to your point about managers wanting some ownership and wanting to, you know, I need to meet the person, I need to do whatever. Uh, we need to instill more trust. Like, first and foremost, we are all hiring for the company. We are right. all recruiters. So yep. let me flip that. <laughs> we're all hiring managers, but we're also all recruiters. 
and we need to hire for the organization. And if you don't trust your peers or other people involved in the hiring process to vet the capability of someone to join your team, then maybe you're in the wrong position. Right. So it's not, you don't live on an island by yourself where your team is only going to report to you and there's never going to be interaction across the rest of the org. You should be able to trust your peers. So if I'm a hiring manager, if I'm building a team of recruiters, I should be able to trust that my peers are bringing people to me who have been fully vetted and are capable. Doesn't mean that I shouldn't have a chance to talk to them and just make sure that there's a good, you know, leadership fit and this is somebody who wants to work for me and can handle my style but right. i shouldn't be the ultimate yes or no decision maker that right. should fall in, in a more unbiased hands in my opinion i agree with that i 100 percent agree with that and i feel like i've got this hot sports opinion about the culture of an organization yeah. and that is that i don't think there's any one culture to any organization i think oh, for sure is a culture yeah right and once you get to know that team's culture well enough you're able to effectively, you know, uh, fill those roles a lot faster and more efficiently. Definitely. Because, Definitely. You know, no. And so when you push your managers on, hey, I need to know more. I need to get into the meat of what you're doing. What problems are you solving? Why is it interesting to work for you? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What is your team like about you? And what do you like about your exactly. team? Uh, exactly. Those kinds of questions are, are the attractors for yeah. people who are going to be you know, devotees of that team. And that can be contractors. Yeah. That can be gig workers. That can be mm-hmm. uh, even full-time employees that come back and forth to the organization on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's how it happens. People go back to the same manager and the same team to do the same kind of work over and over. Right. And we trust right. those people. We, right. We know that's, they're on our list. Exactly. And when you're on the list, boy. <laughs> There's certain lists you want to be on. That's probably a good one. <laughs> Certainly. That's a good that's a good list. That's right. All right. Well, uh, Amy, thank you very much. Do you have any uh, anything to add to this that we haven't covered? Yeah, I think the only thing I would add, and this is just something I say to to all recruiters, like don't be afraid to own your part of the process. Don't let the 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 title hiring manager or the implied authority that this person has don't let that scare you. Like you're the recruiting expert. They're really good at what they do and that's wonderful. And we need them in that role, but you two are coming together to work on something that you as a recruiter are doing full time. So Mm -hmm. take some pride and ownership in that and don't let them frighten you. Right. Totally agree. Your peers act like a peer. That's right. right. I mean, you are the hiring expert. Be the expert. You'll never catch me saying I support anyone. I don't support anyone. I partner with a lot of people. There you go. That's it. Partnership. There you go. (laughs) Well, thank you, Amy, for your partnership. Thank you. So what do you think about hiring managers? We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach us at InsightTalent.org. Thank you for listening to Inside Talent. Learn more about the future of talent today at InsideTalent.org, where you can sign up for regular updates, and you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app.